First of all, hallelujah! It is, it's fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Bazarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. 15, 10, 5, Jackson takes it at the 35, picks it up, looks for running room, he's at the 40, he's at the 45, midfield, oh, oh, he's going to go, the shortstop, oh, I don't care if he's running, he's running around, and he's in the end zone, and there's no point, and the Eagles win. Bring it back again, he steps up his head, and he falls forward, oh. and he fumbles the football of the Eagles. gentlemen welcome back to sundays for the birds i'm the mayor john street joined by my buddies jake long kyle all right maybe you're sharp this week kyle how you doing brother i'm doing good how about you guys uh never had a bad day in my life my friend jake how you doing man i'm good still wish i was in florida though tell you that much the depression Dude. was kicking my ass last week from coming back home. So for those of you that don't follow Jake on Twitter, go ahead and, uh, and give him a follow there at, uh, at OCSN underscore Jake. This man was living his best life uh, for his buddy's bachelor party down there in Clearwater. I mean, dude, you looked like you were in your element. I mean, oh, it was, yeah, it was a great a little, time. Uh, Gardner Minshew to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got had the short short shorts on, tank top, hairband in. Join the I wouldn't sun. call them short shorts. I'd call them short shorts. <laughs> short shorts. Yep. He was rocking, yeah. man. It, it was a hell of a time. I'm happy to be back with the family, though. You know, I mean, five days straight of drinking. Here, you know. for the birds. Yes, sir. Hell yeah, man. Kyle, what's going on in uh, in your life these days, man? Nothing crazy, or what do you got? Nah, I mean, I, I ain't been living life like Jake over there, just, you know, work and watching the games and stuff. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, before we dive into everything, I want to make sure everybody knows uh, if you need uh, any kind of concrete work done, anything like that, make sure you hit up our buddy Frank the Animal Biolaus. That's Frank the Animal Biolaus. Check him out, Concrete. Dot com use them you need any kind of masonry work done in the area uh you know there's there's two people that come to mind when you think about masonry in philadelphia it's uh concrete chuck bednarik and it's frank the animal by allows um also guys don't forget to follow subscribe rate review the podcast uh available anywhere you get your podcast uh obviously sundays for the birds facebook.com slash sundays for the birds on twitter at sunday birds pod make sure you give us all a follow over there make sure you give these guys a follow on twitter um at underscore uh, i'm sorry at ocsn underscore jake at ocsn kyle so boys we've uh we've had a little bit come out since uh we last spoke i know uh jake you were down there in florida we missed you last week of course uh, but you know the show must go on. Some people, mm-hmm. uh, some people get to drink beers in Florida, while uh, <laughs> while some people are up here doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, I was actually drinking some beers on the flight on the way back. Oh, you have to. Dude, I, I yeah. can't fly sober. I can't. No, I, I, I pounded some uh, rum and cokes before, and then had had a beer on on the plane, and watched a movie, and I was chilling. There you go. Didn't have Wi-Fi or anything, or I would have been on on here common with you guys. Absolutely. So, we finally got some numbers coming out on some of the free agent signings. Um, in particular, the numbers on Zach Pascal came out finally. Uh, Jake, I'll throw it over to you first. You know, what's kind of what's kind of your initial reaction to the contract? 
it's it's not as bad as I thought. So what is it? One year, one and a half million. Um, how much was guaranteed? I want to say it was like eight sixty guaranteed. I I can pull the contract up right now. Yeah, let me see right here. I know it was no, it was fully guaranteed contract. So it was one one point five. So I mean, it's basically in. I mean, we're saying one point five million is nothing, but in NFL world, one point five million is nothing. But he should get nothing because he has proved nothing. He hasn't Correct. done anything special. So he's just another depth guy. Um, I heard he's good at blocking. They love their blocking wide receivers for some reason. So, but for one point five million, he worked with Sirianni before. I can't be mad about it. You got to fill in, you know, your your depth chart with these kinds of guys anyway. So why not get a guy you're familiar with, kind of a veteran, still young, you know, can still improve. So we'll we'll see what he got. But for one point five million, I can't be mad at it. Absolutely. You know, my uh, my initial reaction to it, I guess, would be it's not as bad as we thought it would be, um, as you said. Uh, but particularly when you hear Nick Sirianni speak about this guy. Um, I mean, we, we all know Nick. He's like the ultimate hype man. You know, like, you know, if I was still single out prowling the bars, like I want Coach Sirianni in my corner. Like, that's my fucking that's my number <laughs> one wingman right there. Yep. So. Um, you know, so the way Sirianni talks about him, um, obviously some high praise for him there. So I don't know, hopefully he can kind of, you know, hopefully he can uh, live up to the expectations that Sirianni has for him. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a, a good, good little pickup here for us moving forward. Um, Kyle, what'd, uh, what'd you think of the, the contract once the numbers came out? I was fine with it. I mean, like, uh, Jake touched on, he's a, he's a depth receiver. He's a good blocker. The, the, the price is fine for the type of player he is. They didn't overpay. It's a one-year deal, which makes me think it's a bridge-type thing where maybe they address the wide receiver situation in another role uh, next offseason, whether it be free agency or the draft. I, th- I still think they address it this offseason. I think they maybe do it two years in a row. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the offseason, um, our good buddy Jesse Baldy, Admiral, checking in over on Facebook, says uh, Jake's Florida attire has sparked my entire summer wardrobe. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up on a soapbox here for everybody. Uh, Jesse, you don't have the legs for those particular shorts. You can rock some shorts. You can rock some jorts, but I, I wouldn't go that short on the jort. Yeah, I can definitely see Jesse in some jorts. Oh yeah, big time. Oh, now he's telling me I don't know nothing. <laughs> that, right. that's, that's that old uh, head stuff man wearing I, I guess we'll have to hit up the warden we'll uh we'll get lens we'll get her opinion see uh see what she thinks of you and uh and some shorty jorts <laughs> oh man uh did we touch kyle on the um last week on the the numbers for hassan reddick no i don't believe we did i don't think we brought the uh i don't think we brought that contract up let me uh Three years, fifty million. I'm not sure on the guarantees. Trying to pull the exact contract up. You know, more importantly than the Hassan Reddick contract, what about the Kaiser White contract? What do we make of that signing? First off, we haven't talked about that. I was gonna, I was gonna dive into that down the road here, but uh, oh shit, you brought it up. Uh, Kaiser White, former linebacker for. The Los Angeles Chargers signs a one-year deal. Um, I don't think the numbers came out on that one yet either. It's kind of weird this year. Like, the Eagles are, like, really playing the numbers close to the vest, which kind of makes me think that it's, like, you know, kind of a cap-related thing, and they're, like, really trying to play some cap gymnastics behind the scenes here with uh, with all this dead money they got on the books. I believe I believe the contract did come out. Well, for Kaiser. Yeah, it was like less than three. It was like three or four million, wasn't it? It's it's one year, five million. Yeah, like um, three million guaranteed, maybe. Guaranteeing three million. Super cheap, super affordable for the player. And and they're saying in LA that Chargers fans and players are pretty upset about losing him. My yeah. only thing is he's two hundred eighteen pounds. That is way too small to be a 
a linebacker. He, he's yeah, a converted safety from college. He's, yeah, because right. he's so too slow to be a safety. Guy, like, he's almost like um, end of his career Malcolm Jenkins in terms of like size and speed, you know? But you know, do you do you see us going to a three four? Because that's what it looks like they're they're building around. I think you see both. I, th- I think Gannon wants to mix it up, play all kinds yeah. of stuff. I, I think you're gonna see it, a lot of. They have. The, it concerns me to run a three four. If you're paying Cox thirteen million this year, like it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like he doesn't have the speed to play on the outside anymore. At least I don't think so. Yeah, he would be the nose. Well, no, he guard. played the yeah, he played the nose tackle. And then you'd have Reddick at the outside edge rusher. That, then you'd that's have, the uh, thing is they have Reddick as an outside linebacker. If they're using him as an outside linebacker in a four three, I am done with Gannon. Completely done with him. He that's the reason he didn't do well in Arizona. They had him way too much playing, you know, off the line. And his thing is a pass rusher. I, I think you and see him. He's play. he's a, he's a smaller guy too, so he fits better in that three four because you're coming off further out on the edge. I think you see. Speed. Uh, I think you see him play a little four three, but I think they're gonna play three four nickel. I mean, they're gonna rotate guys. It's it's gonna be. I don't think there's gonna be a base package per se. I think you're gonna see a lot of versatility. Gannon, you know, he talked about that a lot. How he likes to mix stuff up and all that kind of stuff. Didn't see it last year. Yeah, yeah there, there were more limited personnel. Do it last year. Yeah. Either. Yeah. But but I, I mean, at least try some things. You've seen your defense was struggling. I mean, I'd rather get burnt quick than slowly bleed out yeah you know, you're gonna put me out of my misery quick i hear you but I, back to the kaiser white you know like you said he was two, 218 pounds he's really light he was a converted safety from college he played at virginia tech the thing that's interesting about him is last year was his breakout year like you said he's young a lot of people were pissed that he left you know chargers fans the thing that's interesting is he kind of struggled in pass coverage and he was better in the run game for a guy that was smaller in a converted safety, which is just a little weird. You know, you don't you don't normally see that. A guy normally that converts from safety is better in the pass coverage. Yeah, and that's that what what worries me about him, because Alex Singleton had a lot of tackles last year, and a lot of it was because he was getting burnt in coverage, then he'd dive and make a tackle, or he's making a tackle eight yards downfield. Just because you make a tackle doesn't mean it's a good tackle. He had 144 last year, I think. Alex Singleton had 110 or 118, something like that. But how many of those are five yards past the line of scrimmage, six yards past the line of scrimmage? Like, it, yeah, stats don't always show you the full story. Exactly. I I, I I haven't watched enough of Kaiser White. They always say if your strong safety is leading your team in tackles, and, uh, you know, your your defense probably ain't doing the best, uh, you know. Um, But to me, I think what scares a lot of Eagles fans about this signing is. It's just not a signing that typically works out for us. You know, like past couple of years, I mean, you, you start to think back. Um, just last year. You know, um, Zach Brown stands out to me. He was a guy that, you know, we were all really excited about coming in here. You know, former Pro Bowl linebacker, you know, solid player until he got to Philly. Um, Eric Wilson last Eric year. Wilson had this. It was, it's he was older. Same he was story. older, though. Who, Wilson? Yeah, Wilson was older. He's no, like 32. I, I, don't, hey, I, I do not think he's 32. But That's the man, guy from just, Minnesota, right? Yeah. They came up with some singer. He's 27. What? He's that young? That's what I'm saying. And it's the same story as Kazir White. He was a special teams guy. He got forced into action, had a breakout year. I think he was top five, top ten in tackles last year. And he comes to the Eagles, and he's just – Absolute dog shit. And that's my worry with Kaiser White because it's the same story. Special teamer, special teamer, gets thrust into action, has a breakout year, signs a one-year deal with the Eagles. He started most of his career, though, Kaiser White. he was When he was injured, you know, a good pit. But, I mean, last year was really his breakout. But what do you think about the the amount of years and the money he got? Because that was what was curious to me. The signing itself wasn't surprising. It was the fact that he only signed a one-year deal and how cheap it was was surprising to me, too. Yeah, I was uh, shocked that. By that tells me that the market wasn't really there for him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. That That's that's something that's a little curious. I mean, the Chargers but... weren't even willing to sign him for that cheap. Right, and, and they're obviously what... spending all types of fucking money this year. Yeah, unless 
you know, he might have been like, you know, fuck that, signing a one-year $5 million deal in L.A.'s. I'm going to make about a million when the, all these taxes are done. You know, let me go somewhere <laughs> else where I'll get a little more change in my pocket, you know, after taxes. Pennsylvania isn't the greatest either, but it's not it's L.A., not Cal- LA California. And, of course, yeah. the living's a whole lot different, too. I exactly. Mean, you know, you get a lot nicer house out in, uh, you know, out in Jersey somewhere or, yep. uh, you know, Philly suburbs, Havertown, something like that, uh, than you will out in L.A. for that kind of money. So Yeah, get a nice little condo, lease it for a year, because you might be going. Hopefully it lasts more than six weeks, like Eric Wilson. Yeah, right. I um, just thought now, it was a little. There is an additional $2 million worth of incentives in his contract as well. I was just a little surprised that it was only a one-year deal. I, I was – thinking you know, maybe a three-year deal for somebody like you said he's young i mean i don't know it's also it's curious is if he's the only linebacker they go with things a little bit disappointing but i think it almost like jake was alluding to earlier sets them up to go to a little bit more of a three four and i think you see him inside with a nakobe dean or a devin lloyd i i, I really think that maybe that's where they want to go if they want to get faster leaner you know you guys have stressed how gannon loves his linebackers yeah. And, and I hope that that's what this is setting the table for. Um, our buddy Gummy Wade checking in here. It's a show me what you got contract. Um, yeah, I think we're all on the same page there. One yep. year, prove it. You know, show me that last year wasn't a fluke. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, I think the way that the linebacker position has been devalued across the league in recent years um, has a lot to do with why it is a one year show me contract. Like you're not as willing to go out on a limb for a guy that's had one breakout season yeah. as you would be for, you know, say somebody at a, at a defensive end. Like put it this way. If you get, if you had a defensive end who had a breakout season, you know, say he was like a, a three, four sack a year guy for, you know, the first three years of his contract and then contract year, all of a sudden he comes out eight sacks. Like, that guy's not getting a one-year prove-it deal. That guy's getting a, hey, th- we expect this guy to be a premier edge rusher moving forward kind of a deal. It's just the the importance of the position across the league. Then you partner that with the fact that Kaiser White probably does fit better in that 3-4 scheme where he can be the outside guy, you know, a little bit leaner. Um, you know, and there's not a lot of teams running that 3-4 style anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, in a 3-4, he would play inside. Yeah, I think most teams are nickel or dime these days because of yeah. the receivers and tight ends. Linebackers can't keep up with these tight ends anymore, along with the running backs coming out of the backfields. Most good running backs nowadays are running backs slash wide receivers anymore because that's what the NFL is moving them towards. So yeah, it's I mean, a lot of nickel, a lot of dime, one linebacker, two linebacker on the field. That's why we're not seeing a lot of 3-4 four, three defenses. If they go to more of a nickel, like you said, I mean, a lot of teams passing league. I mean, if it's a nickel, he could definitely be a coverage linebacker out there. They could play a, a two, four, five or a three, three, five. You could see uh Reddick rushing the passer in that situation. You could see uh, him with maybe somebody they draft or uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm drawing a blank on Barnett, Josh sweat. No, the linebacker, they drafted a couple years ago. I think they've probably given up on him. TJ Edwards. No, he's the third round pick. Was it uh, Davion Taylor? Davion Taylor. Taylor. Yes, thank you, thank you. I was drawing Davion a complete Taylor. blank. Sean Bradley's another one. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole. They see a whole lot in there, but I mean, Davion Bradley was a little bit of a, a project when they drafted him. There was some hope there. I, I think they've kind of given up on that in a way. He just no, keeps getting hurt. Davion Taylor was playing was playing well this year in the time that he got he in, got but he hurt, got hurt. Yeah. I mean, the That's kid's a freak athlete, and he only played what was it like two high school games. Because yeah, he, yeah, he started uh, late. Because his religion was like couldn't play on that day or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got all the tools. I mean, he's he's a raw athlete. Um, and I think, you know, if you pair, you know, moving forward, obviously, like you have to teach him the game, you know, obviously at an elevated level because he doesn't have that in-game experience. But like he's somebody that, you know, kind of like when you pair a, a young defenseman in hockey with a with an experienced vet and they can kind of play off of each other and, and learn off of each other. And, you know, it's very similar with the with the linebacker, I feel. You know, if you have somebody opposite side running the headset, making the calls, you know, kind of taking, 
that pressure off. I, I don't see why Davion Taylor can't be a, you know, a good piece moving forward. Yeah, I agree. He's just guys. He flies the ball. He's another guy. I hope they don't give up on like the. I mean, Jordan Hicks obviously was a better player and more proven, but we gave up on him because of his injuries. So hopefully that's not, you know, the same boat that Davion Taylor is going to end up in. Yeah. And, and I think the big thing is to, to curtail your expectations, right? Like you're, you don't want to, you don't want to go into it expecting Davion Taylor to be your, your starting linebacker next season. I, I think you look at him as uh, you know, a project for the next two seasons and, and maybe, you know, by the end of two years from now, he's, he's starting to get some starting time. And and I think that's partially why the, the Kaiser White deal is also, you know, what it's shaping up to be like a stopgap kind of a contract. I mean, David, David Taylor, he's drafted, what, 2020? I mean, at some point, you know, you can't keep saying he's a product. At some point, he's got to produce. I agree he looked good in limited action last five year. Games played because he got hurt his rookie year, and then yeah. you know, he finally started to get some playing time this year. Played well, um, you know, and then he and then he got hurt again. And like Jake said, I just hope that they don't give up on him for the injuries. What's what's that corny ass thing you always say to me? Best uh, best availability. Best, best ability, best ability is availability. Yeah, you always say that shit to me. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, well, and it's true. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like he's got to be there, but. You know, also, it's like, hey, he's on a rookie deal. He's not making a whole lot of money. Like, yeah. all right, it's an IR spot. It's not a huge deal if he gets hurt. He's not making a lot of money. Now, if he's making, you know, if he's making big boy bucks, if he's making, you know, Hassan Reddick type bucks and he's not available, well, it's a different conversation. Yeah. But again, like if he if he comes in as a depth piece and he works hard and he pushes himself for more snaps, I mean, that, that that's that's what you want to see and love to see. Absolutely. So I think overall, I, I guess you would say our, at this point, our entire linebacking core, um, you know, outside of Reddick. But again, I think we all kind of view him as more of a pass rusher. I, I guess you could say our entire linebacking core is, uh, is nothing but upside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all upside late round pick type flyer guys. Yep. And that's I, what I'm hoping Howie doesn't do again this year. I think the Kaiser White sign, I think it's going to surprise you. I think he's going to have a good year if he stays healthy. You know, Again, he's, he's had injury problems, but I think he's going to surprise some people this year. I would love nothing more. Um, and again, like we mentioned earlier, I can't stress this enough. Like I would love nothing more than to pair these guys with a stud like N'Kobe Dean. Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd, yeah. N'Kobe Dean's dropping because everyone's seeing what I'm seeing. They're going to have four defensive linemen go in the first round. Dude, that imagine matters. Playing behind, yeah, imagine playing yeah. behind that. You just have everything wide open to you. Devin Lloyd has to do more. Yeah. He has a harder job out there. No, I get it. I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of what's going to be attainable for us in our in our spots if, you know, that's assuming that we don't make the, the move. You know what I mean? It, yeah. I mean, if there's going to be a move, to put a package together to trade up for Devin Lloyd that I'm on board, but I don't want to set my expectations so high knowing the way that our front office views the linebacker position. Dude, if they yeah. trade up, it better be for Kyle Hamilton. No, I'm going to trade up fan. for Nick trade up. I would not trade up for a linebacker. If yeah, I was I trading not. up, it's got to be an edge rusher. You really? I don't care how many, care how many we sign. Is like closer to where we're picking. Yeah. Well, Nakobe, you know, a lot of mock drafts are having fallen to the end of the first round now. Late, late. Teams, so we can always. 20s. You look at the Packers and the Chiefs. What What are they looking for right now? A wide receiver. Those three top wide receivers start going off the board. They're going to panic. They're going to want that 15, 16, or 19. If you can trade back and pick up a second rounder or something next year or a third rounder this year. And still get a Nakobe Dean at 22, 25, or 29, then why not do it? You know, you Wait, say. No, I agree. So, so Jake, you think. It's more attainable for where we're at. Yeah. Jake, you still think they go with an edge rusher despite re signing Barnett, oh, Cox, and Reddick? 100%. See, I, I don't 100%. think they do. I don't Especially think they do. unless they trade up or trade two of their picks to get more picks next year or something if they pick where they're at with one with one of these three picks they're getting an edge rusher and i wouldn't be mad at it at all 
because no matter how many people you sign, Josh Sweat isn't guaranteed anything. He's not – I mean, we're looking at upside for him. Son Reddick's had a couple good years. If we use him right, he can be good. But if you can get a young premier pass rusher that you can have for four and that fifth-year option, you can't beat that at 15, 16, or, or 19. And there's going to be a couple there. That that one guy from Oregon's really sliding down. I, I know people are he's, they're he's worried about his motor. Yeah, he can't is he going to top, top ten? Just, At one point, yeah. he was projected like a top three pick, maybe number one, and now he's yeah, like, he was supposed to be number one. Yeah, he keeps but, dropping. There's questions about his motor, but the, unfortunately, I think the Giants are going to get him, which sucks. I don't know. I just, I just think the way they when they signed Barnett and you know they re-signed Cox. I, I I don't think they just got so many guys on the D line. I just don't see. Yeah, but Barnett's contract is all of his dead cap is this year. So we could cut him next year, and it's only one and a half million. So Can't he make really, seven million next year, or is that this year? He, his base salary and his cap hit will be eight and a half million, but his dead cap will be one point five. Oh, all right. So all, all right. of his all of his guaranteed money is is this year. Okay. So we can cut him next year, or restructure or whatever if he wants to do it. But maybe this light a fire under Derek Barnett's ass. Maybe. And Howie's presser, he kind of said. I mean, this isn't exact quotes, but he pretty much was saying like Barnett tested the free agent market and there was nothing there. So it turned around back to us full circle. And that's why we got this deal done. And I don't mind this deal at all either because Derek Barnett's still young. Apparently he's likable in in the locker room. He's a real good locker room guy. They like him in the building. You know, all those stupid penalties. I mean, that that is true. If I was in that locker room, I know I'd want to stuff him in his fucking locker after yeah. taking some of those stupid fucking. And that's what pissed me battles. off about Howie and Nick Sirianni saying this guy has a high football IQ. Yeah, you don't make those stupid mistakes if you have a, a high uh, high football, football IQ. IQ. Yeah, um, well, you know, I you mentioned testing the market there. Um, and speaking of testing the market, um, we all know if you drink craft beer. The market is absolutely crazy. You walk into any beer store, there's all kinds of crazy cans and, um, you know, India this and extra hops and hazy and IPA, CBA, CBD. It's all crazy. It's all confusing. And you need a little help. If you're new to the craft beer scene, you need a little help. You need to know what to drink. You need to know where to go. And I got two names for you. Nishamini Creek Brewing Company based right here in the Delaware Valley, right in Croydon, Pennsylvania, right off of State Road, Ray Avenue. Check them out. Check out their tap room. Get their beers anywhere fine beverages are sold. That's Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company, facebook.com slash Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. And also, if you're out in Delco, check out Sterling Pig Brewing Company. It's www.sterlingpig.com. Uh, I recommend the uh, Snuffler IPA. It's a, it's a great, uh, I guess I'd call it an entry-level IPA. Um, you know, it's it's not super obnoxious. It's not crazy bitter. Uh, if you're somebody that's kind of new to the IPA scene, it's a, it's a pretty good, like, entry, entry level there. Um, so check them out. Uh, all right. Uh, so back to Derek Barnett. Kyle, you had uh, something you wanted to say? Uh, Derek, uh, yeah, I think he's a good depth signing. I just, like I said, I think once they signed him, I just I don't see getting an edge rusher, but I also read this interesting thing where a lot of people are saying that the reason he was re-signed was how he wants to validate his first round pick um, picks. Any thoughts? That's there? what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying that about how on any any decision he makes with his first rounders. But like I said before, his all his Barnett's guaranteed money is this year. So if you do take an edge rusher and Barnett shits the bed again. You let him go. If Derek Barnett has a breakout season, you keep him. And you also have a young edge rusher coming up right behind him that you can rotate in with Sweat, Barnett. I mean, when we won the Super Bowl, our pass rushers are safe. No. And I don't expect him to be fully healthy for the season. And I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to lose a huge step from that injury. As old as he is, an Achilles injury. ACLs nowadays, you can repair them. And they're actually stronger than, you know, before you tore it. But Achilles, that's a really, really bad injury. And I think 
he he's gonna be he's gonna be cooked. Graham will start, but linemen re-injure their Achilles. Yep, happens a lot. I mean, uh, even like aggravations, like um, like Jason Peters when he was out with his. I know he he re-aggravated his, and he was you know he was on track to play, and then it put him out for the rest of the season. You know, Brandon Brooks, um, two, uh, you know, obviously two Achilles injuries. Now those are both offensive linemen, but you're still battling in the trenches, and you know that's that's a lot of wear and tear on uh, on that ankle area there. I think Graham will start, but I mean, I think Sweat and Barnett might will play just as much, if not more, than him. Uh, so I think your two starters, provided that Brandon Graham is healthy day one, I think it's Sweat and Graham. Barnett's going to be a rotational end. Uh, yeah, so yeah. He's, about, he's not your day one starter. No, no, no. Well, I don't, I don't know. Sweat might start, but I mean, I, it all depends on what kind of base package they name the yeah, starters. They, they, they like Barnett they, as a run stopper. So yeah. I think he would he would start on the early downs, and you'd see a lot more Sweat Reddit going to the end on third downs and things like that when you know you're going to be rushing the passer. Barnett's Barnett, definitely better rush or defending yeah. the run than uh, Barnett Sweat, and Brandon Graham. Both yeah. have been good run stoppers. I guess when I say starter, I mean like number one on your depth chart. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's so weird now because like you know, there's number one on depth chart, then there's who actually starts the game and who's listed as the starter. It, it all it's so weird, you know. It's just and who Brandon, plays and who Brandon, pretty much. Graham will be no, on number one on depth chart just out of respect. Yeah, because the it veteran. doesn't mean that he's the starter. He's going to be getting the most percentage of snaps. It's yeah, just, well, yeah, that, that's, that's why I say respect he'll, that he's earned. He'll get the quote unquote start for his consecutive starts, or, or not that he has this one, but just so it goes down the records as he got the start. But he's not going to play any more than any of the other guys. It's going to be a, a group conglomerate effort. I was actually blocked by Brand, uh, Brandon Graham uh, years ago on Instagram. Oh, do tell. It's like his second season or his first season. His name was Sack Fifty Five. That's his Twitter handle, I think, too now, and his Instagram still. And he posted a picture of him, uh, I guess, getting a sack or something. And he's like, "Oh, when you see Fifty Five, I said, "Yeah, when I see Fifty Five, I know we're not getting a fucking sack." <laughs> and then all these Packers players started hopping in, like, "Oh, are you mad because you're broke and all this shit?" I was like, "No, I'm just fucking calling what I see." And he blocked me, and then the next game he goes out, has two sacks, two forced fumbles, and I was like. Yeah, he's thinking about me in the back of his mind. I know it. I know he's saying, fuck that guy. He said, no sacks. I got two and two forced fumbles. I'm like, oh, did my part. You got to get another handle on Adam again. Yeah, right. Uh, you, you know what you're going to have to do when we're down at the games this year, Jake? What's that? You're going to have to apologize, man. Yeah, you I will. got to the fence. That guy's a fucking Eagles legend. He is. Um, speaking of Eagles legends, uh, Fletcher Cox. Howie's comments on Cox. What uh, what do you guys got on that, Jake? I'll uh, I'll start with you. Uh, again, uh, it's just mind boggling how. I mean, I understand you can't throw your players on the bus, but you got to say, yeah, we expected more out of Cox. We needed more out of him, but you know, we we like the player that he is and think he can get back to an All Pro level. Instead, he talks about this guy's still a great pass rusher. He's great against the run, which he is good against the run. But last year, Fletcher Cox said, I'm not paid to chase down screens. I'm paid to sack the quarterback. Well, guess what? You had like two sacks, and I'm pretty sure it probably came against the Jets or the Lions. Jets were, I think, six, between those two games, I think that's probably 40% of our sacks that came from that. And for Howie to sit there and say he's still a great pass rusher, it's just, it just blows my mind that they still blow smoke up our ass about Fletcher Cox. I've you, seen him for years. He's just lazy. Do you expect anything less, though? I mean, he, I, I get what you're saying, but he's just not going to come out and say that, you know? Yeah, but there's a way to not completely throw. You can't walk out and be like, "Yeah, he was terrible last year." Yeah, so, yeah there, we expect it more, and we we around. feel like, he, yeah, we feel like he's going to get back to that level. That's why we we did this deal. You don't sit there and and bullshit us like we're not watching the fucking games and the replays and. You know, breaking this shit down and everything. Well, so with that being said, right? So I think this this is going to be huge ammunition for the for the get rid of Howie. He's not a football guy crowd. But you he know, just like got when an you extension. get up there and you stroke this guy. You know, you stroke this guy off, and you know he's 
he's phenomenal. He's a, he's a great edge rusher. He's pre or he's a he's a great pass rusher, premier player. Blah blah blah. Well, when you get up there and, and you say that, and it's like, well, dude, did you watch the fucking games? Because that's not the player I saw. Then like everybody that sits there and says, well, how he, how he can't be the general manager because he's not a football guy. Well, when he makes comments like that. You're giving that you're giving that very loud group of people a lot of ammunition. I think we all agree with what Cox is at this point, right? I mean, he's a good player. He's not what he once was. He is lazy, you know. But I mean, there's always guys like that. But I mean, he's he's still a good player, right? Like he he's still going to produce again, not to the level he was, but he's still productive, right? No, no. He's two, not two, two and a half sacks. Paid. Yeah, he's yeah, not productive according to what he's getting paid. I, I agree with that. But, I mean, he's still a quality player. Every yeah, team has that. Good, yeah, he's a quality player. All right, all right. We'll go the, with that. the only thing I like about what they did, I, I mean, I wish they didn't bring him back. But then that dead money would have gone down for, for years to come. So, they saved dead money from going into 2026. So, next year is the last year we would possibly have dead money with Fletcher Cox. So Dude. if we cut him next year, he's fifteen million against the cap. But I'm sure he'll play it out and then go on a free agent or retire, and then we're we're done with him. Instead of this dumb contract that Howie gave him through 2026, that's done out the window. And I feel like that's the main reason that they did this contract was oh, to get that dead money out of here. So um, if they didn't resign him, Jordan Davis is an eagle, man. Oh my goodness, oh, he looks yeah. so good in uniform. Well, he still could be. I mean, he, I he, hope, he would still have good uniform. Again, I just I don't see them drafting D line at this point. But he would look so You're, good in the Eagles uniform. Have you seen the Eagles? You know, most of their drafts, it's linemen, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. They love them, and they Dude, really I hear love you, but defensive linemen. I think well, I think Howie's going to cave and draft a linebacker. He might, and I think I think safety and receiver is a, a get, or not safety. I think secondary, whether it's corner or safety, and wide receivers are guaranteed to be drafted in the first round. And I think he's going to give in to fans. I think he's going to get you all that linebacker. If he drafts another first-round wide receiver, then he, he's drafting a receiver in the first round. If he draft, if he was able to get Jameson Williams at nineteen, I would be happy as only, hell. That's the only wide out that I'm Dude, on board for. I'd be going all the way back and forth on this in my head. Like every time I look at it, I can't decide who I think's. Who, who, like I don't know, Chris Olave. I mean, he ran that real fast forty time. I heard he's silky smooth out there. Uh, I read a report earlier today that both those Ohio State receivers might go in the top 12. Yeah, yeah. Well, Garrett Wilson, so, I think he's going to go for sure. Yeah, but Those two and then uh, London are going to are gonna go before we pick. So you think Olave's going to go before? Yeah. Because I, I, know, I know Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson and Drake London will definitely be gone. gone. Olave might be there because I saw some mocks where he was going to the Packers at 23 mm-hmm. or whatever they had. Yeah, I heard a lot of teams are getting really high on them because, I mean, their speed is ridiculous speed, and their production kills, is good. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, they're drafting receiver in the first round, Sean. You got to get on board why, with it. That's why I would they're love James Williams. He ran like a 4-2-9 before his ACL. That I'm drafting at the wide receiver position in the first round. You, you, that might be you, but I'm telling you how he's drafting receiver. Well, maybe I should be the fucking GM then. If he drafts Traylon Burks, I'm going to smash my fucking TV. <laughs> Dude, I, he was the number two wide receiver before uh, before that. Uh, before his 40 time? Yeah, before his 40 time came out, and then he dropped. I don't know, man. It's such a toss-up. Like, they're, like I feel like. How he drafting receivers, I just don't. Dude, I get that, but you, you need to address the receiver before. position. I, I understand needing to address the receiver position, but so rare in in any sport, much less football, do you end up with three first-round picks in the same season? They, they are so valuable, and this has the this presents the opportunity to really jumpstart the rebuild of this football team. And the thought of Howie Roseman, who we know cannot draft wide receivers unless they're gift-wrapped on a silver platter with a fucking Heisman trophy with a sign next to it that says, hey, pick this guy. He's already won fucking national championships and fucking individual awards that he can't draft the position. So, like, why you would trust 
why you would trust these valuable assets to him to go after that position that we've proven that he can't evaluate. Like, why would you waste a valuable first round pick on that? It just makes no sense to me, Kyle. I, I just, it just doesn't work. If you can't trust your GM to draft a certain position, he shouldn't be the GM. You got to have faith in him to draft anything, address any position, you know? Again, I think that goes back to the crowd of how it shouldn't be a GM. There's other holes that we can address. And then that, the, the money that you save by drafting an edge rusher, by drafting a, a safety and having them on rookie deals starting from day one, the money that you save with those guys, you can afford to go out and get a wide receiver. Dude, that's we, already proven to pair alongside the young guys that you already have that need a little veteran leadership in that fucking room to begin with. We we keep talking about cap space, and I, I'm telling you, I might not believe in the cap anymore. After the Ravens were not the Ravens, uh, what was it? Ravens. After the Saints were 75 million dollars in debt and under the cap, now they have 20 plus million in cap space. The Rams, who were like in, in tight cap. They signed um, Allen Robinson three years, 50 million. They signed Bobby Wagner five years, 50 million. I, I don't believe in the cap anymore. I think it's a joke. I'm telling you. I think it's just There's like this thing. There's definitely a lot of ways that you can manipulate it. Oh, but, they manipulate it so here's much. The here's the thing, Kyle. So, like, all all this is is restructuring deals and kicking kicking the can down the road. That's Keep, all keep it kicking is. it. Keep kicking it. Dude, I'm telling you, why don't we do yeah, that you shit? Can, yeah, you can keep kicking it, but at the end of the day, that note does come due at some point, and you're kind of seeing that with the Eagles this year with all the dead cap that they have tied up that they can no longer push down the road. You know, eventually that bill does come due, and, and you know, so that you have to – You, you have, have to hit to on the right guys making. that were oh, yeah, kicking yeah. down. Howie's hit on all the wrong guys. All the guys that won the Super Bowl, he tried to, you know – Give him a reward by re-signing him and kicking that can down the road. Like Fletcher Cox, for example. There's a couple other ones that he just kept pushing. Jason Peters pushing Alshon down the Jeffrey. road. Alshon Jeffrey, yep. And Alshon even Carson Jeffrey Wentz. Again. Yeah. <laughs> even Wentz, you know, dead cap hit. He, they gave him a contract way too early. And the Rams are, are getting lucky and doing it, hitting it right as of right now. Bobby Wagner in five years. Probably isn't going to be the same guy, but I'm sure he's probably a front-loaded contract with all his money in the first two, three years. And and the other thing that you have to think about, too, with where the Rams are at and their ability to backload these contracts, or I'm sorry, their willingness to backload these contracts, they're in win-now mode. You Mm -hmm. know, like Matt Stafford has, what, maybe three years of, you know, super quality. I don't know. His shoulders are pretty beat up. He probably got two, two or three. I'm saying you probably got three years of of like this level of football out of them, and then there's probably another two to three years of, you know, what we've seen the last couple of years out of Matt Ryan. No, I, I get they're in different, you know, Eagles are building, Rams are in win now mode. I get they're in different circumstances as to how they're going to structure contracts and all that stuff. I just don't think that, you know, we need to stress the cap as much as sometimes I think people do. You know what I'm saying? No, I get it. It's just I don't know. Well, and see the other the other reason that they can that they can push that can down the road is that they did bring it. They did draft and hit on a lot of these guys, and they had them on you know rookie deals, and they were able to kind of go after some free agents to you know to to build this thing to where it is now. And now, obviously, they're starting to pay some of those guys. Um, Wade is telling Jake to get Cox out your mouth. <laughs> Can't stand that guy, Wade. You uh, you, you care to Can't address him? Hey, I'm gonna keep talking my shit till he proves me wrong. Maybe he can hear me like Brandon Graham did, <laughs> and get the cock out of his ass and start sacking the goddamn quarterback. Absolutely. Um. So, there's a lot of Howie Roseman talk right now. So let's go ahead and throw it over to the Jeff Lurie press conference. Uh, before we dive into anything specific, I, I guess we'll just start off with, um, you know, with your with your first impressions here. Um, and I, I got a real simple one for you. I am sick and fucking tired of owners of sports teams in Philadelphia referring to themselves as CEOs 
and trying to justify how hard they work and their involvement. All right, I'm talking to you, John Middleton. I'm talking to you, Jeff Lurie. I don't need to know what a CEO does. Because I know what you do. You send dick pics to Howie Roseman, and that's why Howie Roseman gets extensions. <laughs> year in and year out. Like, dude, two weeks ago, we're talking about this guy being on the hot seat. Yep. And now he's extended. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just sick of owners sitting up there at the podium and, like, trying to justify their position to us. Like, it's dude, I don't Lori... care. Like, sit in your owner's box. You know, like, I don't know. Lori's got his Pinocchio, little little puppet, Howie Roseman. Let's pull the strings. And you send Howie up there, lie out his ass, tell you that, you know, Fletcher Cox is still a great player. Tell you Derek Barnett's high football IQ. And you got Lori saying that, you know, he, he backed Stoutland on drafting my lot and Lane Johnson. So he's pretty much saying that yeah, he is funny. super he, involved he in the draft. Like everything that he said, he, Every, was, he was like overly involved in. Yep. All like, the good players. Case, that, like, why don't you like, like if those are all the players that you're involved in, like, please be Jerry Jones, take over control yeah. of the entire team. Yeah. Start drafting first rounders since you're so good at seventh round picks, you know, <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah, it, it's depressing. Yeah, it's just – and I always thought that Lurie was one of the better owners in the NFL. And, you know, I, I still kind of believe that to an extent. Um, but it's just – That's Super just, Bowl, man. He's just not Blessing he, he's not and a curse. Voice. It always is. Blessing and the curse. That's Super Bowl. Hungry dogs run faster and – uh well, our lead dog. Fat, are, lazy dogs and lay full. on the ground. Yep. Our lead dog's getting full. He's getting fat collecting those those paychecks for everything. Yep. Which uh, which leads me into something else from the press conference. Um, well, we finally got our wish. Um, second helmet rule. You can finally have a second helmet again, which means Kelly Green, OG Kelly Green, um, you know, Randall Cunningham era. Kelly Green, uh, that'll be back starting in 2023. But before that, because uh, there's some restrictions with Nike and stuff like that and the color palette, it's going to take some some time to develop those jerseys. So for next season, they're using they're utilizing the second helmet in an all black scheme. So it's going to be a black helmet, uh, black jersey, black pants, and then obviously Ooh. you know the silver wings on the on the helmet. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. Um, which led to, uh, I think Lurie's excited about it too. So I think uh, that's why he proposed at the owner meetings this year for a third helmet. Now, I don't, I don't think the, the league's going to go for that. It's just, it's a lot to ask for. Um, but then you also look at, you know, the flip side for some of these teams that maybe have, uh, you know, some more loud colors to work with, like Miami. If they wanted to run uh, an all blue or an all orange scheme, white, uh, all white, white yeah. helmet, you know what I mean, and that could really lead to some uh, to some more revenue for the league. So you could see it kind of working in, in a world, but uh, yeah, my thing is, is I'm pretty sure these guys get new helmets every week. So what's what's the big deal about changing the paint scheme? You know, you do it during in the offseason, you pick the games that you're wearing your alternate jerseys. You have those helmets ready for those weeks. I mean, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, obviously, I don't want five different helmets, but two, three. I mean, it's a lot to do about nothing, deal? man. And it all yeah. comes down to money. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. But like like Sean just said, you can make more money off it, you know? You see a black mini helmet, you're going to be more enticed to buy it now because they actually wear the damn thing. You know, Kelly Green helmet's already popular, but it'd be even more popular if the, with the younger crowd because the, the young crowd never grew up with it. You guys never grew up with Kelly Green, right? No. Yeah. Most of my Eagles fandom been the Midnight Green. I was born in 90, and I think it was 96, something like that, when or 97, something around when the Midnight Green came out. So that's all I really remember. 
I remember a little bit of Kelly Green when I was younger. I'll tell you what, those really early midnight foot. green jerseys were terrible. Terrible. With the silver pants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the midnight green. We won the Super Bowl midnight green. I, I like how it's a real hard color to mock. That's why, like, if you get, like, a one of those cheap China jerseys or overseas jerseys that they, they make, sometimes the green is off with the Eagles because it's so hard to imitate that green, the, the midnight green that the Eagles yeah, have. Yeah. What, and I think that's why it's still the, you know, as far as like us winning a Super Bowl and it, like that's, that's obviously, you know, it's, that's our main jersey. Like that's yeah. not going to change. But I, I do like that we're now going to have the ability to pay homage to the, uh, you know, to, to the guys of the past. And my thing is with the Kelly Green, if it's an alternate, I want the field to have the damn old school logo in the middle of it too, which I don't I know how that, fast they can turn that over. Too. I hope they do the old school logo on the side of the helmet too. Oh yeah. I don't want the wings. Yeah. I want I want the old school, the full eagle. Yeah, I don't know. I like how in our our logo, Sunday's for the birds. I like that that silver that silver wing on there. It just can't be this bright Kelly green like they did with Michael Vick, and then a real you know half-assed wing on the side. It's got to be exact replica of the early '90s. Everything through and through. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what Lurie was. But they'll fuck it up. So, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> I love your confidence. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, any other major takeaways from the from the presser? No, uh, just more more bullshit from the owner. I know, like you said, another Philly owner. Don't smoke up our ass. Who who's oh, worse, Lurie or Middleton? Oh, Middleton. Okay, yeah, thank you, Middleton. thank you. Okay. At least Lurie doesn't get up there and make like stupid, make comments like stupid money and yeah, I'm gonna get that effing trophy back. And, uh, you know, I yeah. mean, he's got he's got one of those. You know, he's he's got his new normal comment, but you know, yeah, he was pretty tuned up that day, as were the rest of us. So he gets oh, a pass yeah. for that one on uh, on my book. So, um. Oh, while we're talking jerseys, by the way, uh, guys, if you need custom jerseys, made, make sure you check out our friends at uh, Lugaroo Custom Clothing. That's uh, www.lugaroo.co. That's uh, CO for the Canadian companies. Uh, Lugaroo.co. Check them out for all your custom clothing needs. Uh, I know I'm getting ready to talk to uh, to the guys over at Lugaroo. Maybe uh, try and get some uh, try and get some Sundays for the Birds jerseys made up here for me and the boys. See what's going on in uh, in that aspect. Uh, maybe you'll see uh, later this season. Maybe you'll see us uh, rocking some custom apparel from our friends at Lou Guru. Um, also, I want to shout out uh, Norse Beards. That's Norse, N-O-R-S-E, beards.com. Uh, if you want your beard to look like mine, you want it to look like Jake's, Kyle, you're getting there, little buddy. Don't worry. Stay patient. <laughs> Keep using your Norse. You'll get there. Uh, use your promo code OCS for 25% off your entire order from our good friends over at NorseBeards.com. Check them out. Uh, so back to Lurie. Uh, you know, again, I just, just, just don't stand up there and, and try and justify what you do. I know what you do. You sign checks. So sign checks. But he might be getting too involved. And that's what scares me. Yeah. Yeah, and you notice he deflected every time somebody asked him, you know, about how involved he was getting. Yeah, he said he's actually taking more of a back seat, but then he started rattling off, like we talked about earlier, all of his all those late round picks that everyone credited Howie for. Like, yeah, he didn't hit on the early rounds, but right. he hit on these and now Lori. He was like, Well, I didn't say I was involved. I, I just said those were the the only ones that, you know, I kind of championed because of somebody <laughs> else's excitement about the player. And it's like, dude, stop stop trying to square dance and, and yeah. you know, just – I don't know. He's definitely not the owner he once was. Nope. Super Bowl changes people. I think, uh, I think that's the major takeaway. And uh, I think the other major takeaway is – Howie Roseman will probably be the Eagles general manager until Jeff Lurie dies and his son takes his over son and hires his buddy. You know? Yeah. So 
Howie's definitely not going nowhere. No. Not as long as Lori's around. Is Howie one of the longest tenured GMs in in the league right now? Yeah, I believe so. Got to be right. I thought I thought I saw that the other day somewhere that he was like up there, one of like the top three or four. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch though because he was with the organization for a while too. Like so, so Howie never worked for another team. He started with the Eagles as an intern. So like. You got to watch when you read that if if they're counting his total tenure or if it's just his years yeah. as a GM. And then you also have the the little Chip Kelly sabbatical in there too. So if they're counting that, I don't know. Oh, they're definitely counting the, the Chip Kelly sabbaticals probably. Howie Roseman's back in 2010. So is that 12 years? Yeah, GMs yeah. don't last that long, man. Yeah, they, they get up have- out of there two, three years. They don't have success. I don't know how old this article is. Seems, yeah, it's pretty old. So yeah, like, I mean, he's got, I mean he's yeah, got Bill Belichick, if he's still considered GM. Oh, yeah. Well, he's still making the, the personnel decisions up there. So. Uh, um, Elway. Col- he's oh, yeah. Well, he's he's VP, isn't he, right? I think he's VP. Colbert was uh, the Steelers' GM for a while, but he's stepping aside after the draft. So, I'm trying to think who else is up there. There's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of turnover in the league recently. Yeah, I, I think Howie's pretty close to the top. He's got to be. That list goes. Yeah. <laughs> It, Jerry Jones is number one. Howie Roseman's eighth longest. Eighth longest? Who's who's ahead yeah. of him? Because I, I don't count Jerry Jones because he's the owner, you know? Mike Brown with the Bengals. Never would have um, guessed that. Bill Belichick since 2000. Yeah, Mike Brown says Bengals since freaking 91. Nobody, ever, ta- nobody ever talks about their GM either. I, I don't know, know how the hell he survived all those bad years, but. There he is, uh, Kevin Colbert, Pittsburgh Steelers since 2000. Well, he's just Mickey about Loom- to retire. Yeah, Mickey Loomis, the Saints, 2002. Rick Spielman with the Vikings, 2006. Oh, yeah. John Snyder, Seahawks, 2010. And Howie Roseman, 2010. Yeah, so he's definitely right up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. You definitely notice there's a correlation there between the, the teams that have had success in the league. Uh you know, they, they definitely seem to retain their GMs for, uh, you know, a little bit longer. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, obviously you see some of these other fri- franchises, they're, uh, they're, they're always on skates, right? Year after year, they're looking for a new GM. Um, and if you want to be on skates um, and you're out in Delco, make sure you check out our friends over at Iceworks. That's, uh, you know, right over there uh, in Aston, PA. Check them out, Iceworks. Uh, learn to skate programs. Um, training programs for youth hockey players, men's leagues. Uh, there's hockey going on over there, honestly, till like 2 o'clock in the morning almost any night of the week. Um, even if you're just looking for somewhere, you know, you want to go catch some, uh, you know, you want to go watch some hockey, uh, hey, go watch a game over at Iceworks. You know, it's uh, always a good time over there. And uh, uh, make sure you keep an eye out for an event. We're going to have a uh, an Ice Wars watch party uh, coming up here in just a couple of months. Um, that's uh, Ice Wars. Uh, that's going to be going on at Iceworks. We'll have a little event for that, so stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you check out Ice Wars, Facebook.com slash Ice Wars International, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Ice Is War, and check out their website, IWIFights.com. Uh, that's going to, uh, it's a brand new prize fighting, uh, you know, call it ice boxing, if you will retired fourth liners going at it uh fighting for prizes upwards of ten thousand dollars make sure you check them out uh that is ice wars uh and you can come out to the ice works complex for the watch party for the very first event of ice wars this year and also us here sunday for the birds we're possibly hopefully looking forward to putting on a draft party for the Eagles 
Thursday night at Iceworks, the top shelf bar would be a cash bar. We hope some friends, family, Eagles fans everywhere to come out, join us. We're going to talk more about that and um, hopefully get an event page up for you guys soon. And that'll also be at Iceworks. So keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Yeah, keep an eye out for that announcement. Uh, hope to see everybody out there for that. Uh, don't make plans for the draft because you got plans with us. Um, sure. Anybody got anything left on a Lurry conference or are we good to move on? Good. I think good. we touched Do, base. Uh, final thoughts? And, of course, yeah. final thoughts always brought to you by Body Check Wellness, uh, www.bodycheck, check spelled C-H-E-K, uh, bodycheckwellness.com. Make sure you check them out for all your CBD needs, uh, achy joints, stress from work, whatever you got. Anything you would use CBD for, check out Body Check. Um, they use 100% hemp-derived CBD. Uh, quality, quality product. Um, I can't stress it enough. I just picked up a, a great um, a great little package uh, from them, from my mother. Um, she's got, you know, bad shoulder, bad knee. Uh, so I'm setting her up with uh, all kind of great stuff from Body Check. Uh, you know, keep her chugging along there. Um, you can do the same for your mother or for yourself. Uh, you know, hey, I, I know I got some achy knees and stuff like that. So um, that's why I always use Body Check. So bodycheckwellness.com, promo code OCS, 25% off your entire order for all your 100% hemp-derived CBD needs. Uh, so we'll throw it over to final thoughts. Uh, Kyle, you want to start off? Final thoughts? I think with final thoughts, we're going to go fuck we fuck Lori, right? I mean, that's the vibe <laughs> of what we're feeling. Um no, but seriously, I mean, we, we got a lot of work this offseason. Um, the signings have been small, uh, which is what a lot of us expected, and we look forward to the drafts. That's what I'm looking forward to. Three first-round picks. I'm pumped for it. But, yeah. All right. Jake, what do you got? My final thought is that this team needs to still add a veteran wide receiver. I would yes. love to add one in a draft, even if it has to be the first round. But uh, any veteran, I mean – T.Y. Hilton's prior time, but uh, Cole Beasley, I think, would be great for this team. Emmanuel Ooh. Sanders would be Sanders. a solid guy for this team. You know, I, I heard Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry. They're going to want still want big money, but you get Emmanuel Sanders. Um, even Sammy Watkins, we talked about him a couple shows ago. You know, they need to get a veteran guy. You don't need to get the big flash name, Julio, Jarvis Landry, or uh, Odell Beckham, who I just seen is talking to the Patriots. But – Get one of these guys. Give me a guy who's going to go and just catch the ball and help these young receivers develop into the receivers that we hope they can be. Absolutely. Um, my final thought is, uh, although we haven't been super active through this part of the offseason, um, you got to remember we do need salary cap to sign some of these players that we're going to draft particularly these first-round guys. We do have three first-round picks. Now, I don't think they're going to make all three picks, but you never know how the board's going to shake out. So, um, you know, don't don't get too discouraged about, you know, what's going on with the, with the free agency or, or I guess lack thereof free agency signings. Um, remain patient. We do still have three first-round picks, um, and there's still a lot of noise to be, uh, to be made here. Um, you know, football teams – aren't always assembled in March. Matter of fact, they're never assembled in March. You know, you still have camp cuts. There's all kind of stuff to look forward to here. So, you know, don't get too hung up on the way the roster looks now because it's going to look completely different, uh, you know, come the preseason, much less the start of meaningful football. So let's try not to overreact. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to try and trust this team to make the right decisions. Um, I, I just hope that that, you know, Jeffrey and Howie uh, lean on the team around them to make the right decisions with these three picks and with the uh, you know, with their remaining resources moving through the remainder of the offseason here. All right. said. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, guys, we appreciate everybody rocking with us here live, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube live, um, everybody rocking with us over on the audio side. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, for every subscribe on the podcast, uh, 
Kyle's beard actually grows just a little bit. So, um, you know, guys, you, you want to get him a nice, uh, nice, good looking beard here. Get him nice and handsome like uh, like me and Jake here. Make sure you subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, Kyle needs all the help he can get. Um, no, but seriously, guys, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, make sure you let your friends know where they can get the best Eagles talk in Philadelphia and uh, and beyond. All the uh, other wonderful shows here on Old City Sports Network. Uh, check them out on uh, on our website, uh, oldcitysports.com. Appreciate everybody for rocking with us. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. We're out. Go Birds.